<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? That hit it. What's happening, That's weirdos? That's right. Val's in the intro. Miss me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Val's in the intro, but she's not in the episode. Frowny face. How rude. <laughs> but uh, this is Cecily Strong. Val and I uh, totally binged Schmigadoon, which mm. she's incredible on. Yeah. She's also on SNL. You can catch the finale of SNL this Saturday uh, with uh, host Natasha Liam oh. and musical guest Japanese Breakfast. Oh, I love Japanese Breakfast, too. Do you know Japanese Breakfast was on this podcast? Uh, I do know that. Another one I wasn't on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A lot of tension here in the Holmes Cheney household. Uh, JK, what do we have to plug? May 20th. Uh, that's this Friday. I'm going to be at Largo. Go to Largo-LA.com to see me and friends do stand-up. It's going to be awesome. It always is awesome. Uh, in the past month, we've had Mulaney and Amy Schumer and Rory Scovel and Megan Stalter and incredible music acts as well. It's always a highlight of our month. Please, please, please watch The Path. Please come out <laughs> and, uh, and, and if you want to see some live standing-up comedy. This is usually where we plug how we roll, too. Sad news. Sad news. Sad news. Why'd you bring it up, okay? It's I brought it, Well, I brought it up because I still am plugging how we roll, but we did just find out that we're not coming back for a second season, which you can hear more about on Friday. Let's save it. Let's yeah, put a pin in gonna it. we're going to put a pin in it. We're going to put a pin in our, our thoughts and feelings for now, but listen to this Friday's We Made It Weird. Yeah. If you uh, will unpack it all. But still, it's on Paramount Plus and the finale, both episodes, including the finale, are this week, Thursday at nine o'clock, I believe, on CBS. Um, the finale is really special. I'm so proud of the show. And please watch it. I, I mean, yeah. You won't regret it. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that. I really liked it. Also, if you like this show and want to support this show, why not try a Pete's Pick? Uh, Pete's Picks are the ads, the things that we love, like my cold plunge. I They were just on Shark Tank. They, they were? Yeah. Hersh, Robert Hershevac got in the cold plunge sure. on the air. Of course, I knew it would be Robert. Yeah. And he loved it, and he gave them a deal. I or he offered them a deal. I, I can't believe that those guys aren't already cold plunging. I absolutely agree with you. Right? All the people functioning at that high level that want to... Because here's, here's, here's how I tell people about Cold Plunge. My Specifically, The Cold Plunge, meaning the one you get at thecoldplunge.com using promo code WEIRD for a discount. Uh, I say it's nine hours of sleep in three minutes. And you do say that almost every time you get out of it. Oh, I thought you were going to make fun of me and be like, you say that almost every day and it's a real snooze. Well, Because I, I am always saying it. I almost said that. Well, can... <laughs> You do. You get in every day, and, and you say that almost every time you get out. Wow. Well, what is what could be better? That's all you really need to know. It's nine hours of sleep in three minutes. I started easing into cold therapy, uh, which is incredible for your immune system, incredible for your overall health, your outlook in life, your energy, your creativity, your sleep. It's great for shocking the system into vital, amazing health. We always joke that I get in and I sing, I... I feel so alive. Which it, was my bit, by the of way. Of course it's your <laughs> bit. I said we always... Okay, a <laughs> lot of tension in the homeless Janie household today. But this episode, this Cecily Strong episode, we were coming back from Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. It was our beautiful, my 
what do I call him? Nephew. Your nephew. I always wonder if it's like in law, <laughs> like no. my nephew in law. No, it's. I mean, if you're if you're really nitpicking your nephew by marriage, but okay. no, nobody, nobody says, says that. that. My nephew Wyatt, the wonderful Wyatt, it was his birthday, and we went up to Bakersfield, and then it was real hot, and, and we drove back, and I was super tired. Like we got up early, we drove, we were playing in the like a bouncy house with kids all day, and then drove another two hours back, and I was beat, and I had, and I was this podcast was on the schedule yeah. what do you do boom i only had like 15 minutes before we were recording yeah. i jumped in the cold plunge got out and you'll hear it in this episode my energy level is through the roof yeah. my clarity is through the roof also just like it helps with mood all of so many of the pete's picks have to do with mood elevation and the cold plunge is absolutely no exception it is the best part of my day it has literally improved every area of my life. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, it's a cold plunge. It's an outdoor, mine's outdoors, you could have it inside, but it's an outdoor, modern, sleek tub, which I love because so many cold plunges that you buy, first of all, are way more expensive, and second of all, often look like coffins. Yeah. They look like, like <laughs> military equipment or something. Yeah. This looks like a modern, like something you'd see in a Four Seasons hotel. It's beautiful, it's yeah. sleek, it's clean, uh, it's bright. And it keeps the water 39 degrees. Now, I always like mentioning this in the ad. We started at 60, mm -hmm. which will still give you the benefit, the neurogenesis, all of, meaning building new ac uh, connections and activity in your brain, mm -hmm. revitalizing your, your immune system, all of these things. You can get that at 60, but you start to love it, and you lower that, that more and more. The first time I got in at 60 degrees, I was gasping for air. It was really uncomfortable for me. The second day I got in at 60 degrees... I was fine. Mm -hmm. I was shocked at how quickly you improve at this. And now I have it at its lowest setting, which is 39 degrees, uh, which I absolutely love. I also love to point in, point out that it only takes, okay, not right now, phone call. <laughs> it only takes three minutes, which I absolutely love. Uh, I'm six foot six and I fit easily in the tub. Helps my health, my mood, my creativity, my sleep. Uh, it can turn a day around so, so consistently. Um, wonderful for stress, wonderful for your metabolism, and it's like a forced meditation. You get in, it's one of my favorite things about it, when water is that cold, your body goes into a state where you are the present. You become the present, and that state stays with you after you get out. It's the perfect way to start the day. Sometimes I even do it at night. It has a beautiful light inside that keeps the water like glowing blue, which is awesome. Helps me wind down and clear my mind. Let your body solve what the mind can't. That's what Val always says. And a cold plunge is absolutely the best way I've found to let your body solve problems that your mind just can't crack. So if you're into Wim Hof or you just want a shortcut to a happier, healthier you, go to thecoldplunge.com and use promo code WEIRD for your discount of $150 off and show your support of the podcast. That's thecoldplunge.com. Speaking of things that have improved my life, our friends at The Perfect Gene, one of my absolute favorite Pete's picks. I'm, we're in New Mexico. We're on a little trip. I'm looking at my Perfect Jeans slumped on the chair over there in the hotel. They are the most comfortable and best looking pants I've ever owned in my life. As you guys know, maybe by watching my stand-up, I hate a hard pant. I don't know why we're not wearing comfortable, soft pants that have a little bit of give, but frankly, the answer was because they don't look good. I, I would try and wear yoga pants or like linen pants. I just couldn't pull it off because I'm not Bono. 
or Sting <laughs> or Seal or any of the one-namers. I'm not that guy, but I am a jean guy. So enter the perfect jean, the best pants I've ever owned. I literally have them in gray, dark gray. I have them in blue, dark blue. I have them in black. I'm pretty much consistently and constantly wearing my perfect jeans. They look incredible. They fit incredible. They're soft, but no one needs to know. It's your secret. It's your soft secret. It's 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and, your, and movement that your man parts, frankly, require. The jean stretches so your nuts ain't crushed, everybody, <laughs> thereby providing the only true home for your bone. They're super soft, specialized washing so your jeans literally feel as soft as a baby's butt. You may even forget you're wearing pants. And they're also constructed utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last. And best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis, spare your nuts, wear some perfect jeans, and show your support of the show. The perfect jean for the imperfectly imperfect men. Just 60 bucks when you use code WEIRDO at checkout. That's WEIRDO. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect jean. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honkin' eggplant, the perfect jean has you covered. Take a peek at www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgene.nyc, code WEIRDO. For 25% off the checkout. Thanks. Zero. We were laughing about that great moment in Goodwill Hunting earlier. All right, everybody. This was such a great chat. Hope to see you at Largo May 20th. Please watch the path. Please watch how we roll. Um, and enjoy this chat with Cecily Strong. This is one of the best. You're gonna hear. You're yeah. gonna hear. It's it's such a delight. It was delight from start to finish. But both of us were going in. And our energies weren't exactly there. We weren't sure. You can see, like, we're sniffing it out. And then as we go, man, it's like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. It's super fun to watch people kind of put together. This isn't like press. This is like a chat. This yeah. is This is going to be fun. And it was really fun having that wonderful chat with one of the best Yes Anders in the biz and so funny and talented, Cecily Strong. Val, you want to do it? Get into it. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> What's wrong? Are you filled oh, with fury? I'm filled with fury. <laughs> You're totally upset. Very upset. I I've been crying all day. <laughs> uh, Not no, today. What What's been going on? Like that's actually. First of all, I'm so happy to meet you. We've never met IRL, but I'm thrilled that you uh, agreed to come on. But usually, oh, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for I'm having me. I'm such a huge fan. Just to start, um, here I'm going to open the spin drift. Ah, yeah, delicious. Um, I loved Schmig. I call it Schmig. And after we watched <laughs> the whole season, I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta talk to Cecily. I'm so such a huge fan. Obviously, from the snow as well. Um, but <laughs> my first question is, is usually, how are you doing right now? So, how are you doing right now? How am I finding you today? You are finding me. I'm a little tired. Um, we're in our home stretch of SNL here. Yeah. So, and it's Sunday. So I was there last night. Yeah. And uh, so I'm a little slow moving, but happy to be here. This is a nice <laughs> thing to do. Yes. Of well, all I the hope things going on, this is a nice thing. Yeah, this is a friendly and, and safe and nice and easy, easy thing. I, I can't, I mean, I'd love to talk about it. We've had so many people from SNL, obviously, on the show, but I'm curious about your experience and not to presume, but like, 
as a standup, uh, when I'm dealing with the adrenaline spike, you know, of, of like a, a late night thing and what that does to your like circadian rhythm uh-huh. and like any sort of like, I, I don't want to bum you out, but like people that work night jobs, like live like 30% less long. Oh, for I mean, sure. Like that doesn't like, bum me out. I mean, <laughs> I know you're not a grinding day like it out. Today, that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> the peace of the grave is coming yeah. sooner than you thought. But like pe- also people that work underground, like the, the subway workers and stuff like that, parking attendant, like the underground parking structures. So I always think about that after the, after, what if I said plandemic after the plandemic and just see what you do after the pandemic. Plandemic. Then I'd, <laughs> I'd wonder whose plans, what well, have you been up to? There was a big, I don't even want to promote it, but some conspiracy people call oh, it a oh, plandemic. Right. Yeah. Like it was the plan anyway. You know what? I haven't even heard that. I'm glad I haven't. I, that's I'm why I was like, it made its way to me. That's immediately I backed away. I was like, I don't want to get this out, out on the airwaves <laughs> that that's even a Googleable thing but, or, or give it to your brain. But what I was going to say was during the pandemic, one of the things that I noticed was just how um, hard it was just on my body. And by the way, it's a privilege. Your job is a privilege. My job is <laughs> yes, a privilege. Absolutely, yes. That being said, if we can enter a safe bubble and say, yes. all that gratitude, let's take that as assumed. Thank given, you. Yes, we're right? starting there. Yeah, we're gonna, and and that's true. And I'd love to talk about that too. But like, have you noticed you you probably had a break? Things were not doable for a while. Then you went back. Were you like me? Did you go like, oh my god, all of this? Like, like maybe it's tension, maybe it's stress, maybe it's energy, maybe it's excitement, and then these crashes come back into your life, and you realize mm-hmm. just just how hard and and when I say unnatural, I don't mean evil. I just mean like it's not normal to spend oh. your Saturdays uh, doing live television. Like that's not a normal thing to the human animal. Would you would talk about that a little bit? I would. Yes, I think that's <laughs> absolutely true. I have no circadian rhythms. <laughs> uh, is it a plural or singular? I guess it's. I don't have it. Yeah. I'm so uh, white. I don't even have circadian rhythm. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm off. I'm always off. Yeah, I'm, I clap um, on the one and three in my circadian rhythm. <laughs> that's, yes, that's yeah, yeah. I, I sleep at one and three. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm lucky. That was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm full of those. So those are my only jokes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a. I've no. I don't sleep well. I have so many different sleep tinctures and, and Ambien. Yeah. So it's all, um, I call Michael Jackson's doctor. No, 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 no. He's he's on my speed dial. Give it a Google. I know. I I sound pretty dark today. It's no, I'm just tired. Uh, but yes. And also I think the pandemic, um, (laughs) did i'm still understanding what that has done to me and yeah, i feel like yeah. there's some days I, i'll go to work after a break and i'm like i can't stop talking because i'm so excited to be around people and i'm like gotta yeah. make every joke i can see yeah, so, yeah and i'm just yeah. like and then uh and then i feel like there's also a lot of scar tissue now in my brain where um words and thoughts and emotions used to be, it's now just like the scars of spending two years going between fear and anger yeah. and yeah, tragedy. Yeah. So I'm, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm like, 
I need a vacation. And that even that sounds funny because I have such a great job with people that I love, but I haven't, I'm not finding it as easily in my outside life right now. Well, that's what I was wondering as you were speaking. I was like, what, it, what does the balance look like? Not to be too therapy, but these are the things I like to talk about. And I think yeah. no matter what people's job is, they can relate to finding some sort of balance to the adrenalized moments and the big moments. And then what, what are you going to do when you're off? And is it like what it was in high school? I used to love the first week of summer vacation. And then I was like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> like I, 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 I got to get a job or something. People must be at a party. Uh, yeah, exactly. Are. Yeah, I don't want to go. I just want to be invited. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had FOMO all summer, every summer, wondering where the party was that yeah. I wasn't at. Yeah. Um, I do. I guess because I, I think I'm going to go work pretty immediately. Um, I can't say what, but schmigatoon. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, but hopefully, I'll be working on something that I like. Yeah. But so I don't feel like I'm getting my. Oh, I sound so terrible, but there it is. There's the truth. I'm I'm not getting my summer vacation yet. And I think yeah. I'll have to find a way to make myself, to trick myself into that. I mean, I think you just said something pretty right on, which is I find even when I'm working, it's not really the work. It's whether or not I have the energy to reframe my perspective. And sometimes you don't like right. real. It sounds like I'm telling you to think positive. I'm telling you, I've been in dream situations and as low as I can go. Cause like the first energy that I burn off is the energy that I use to make myself happy. And yeah. that once that's gone, okay, now I'll be low. I'll still be doing my job, but I'm low. So I, I understand it. And then what, whatever you're swinging to next, what vine you're swinging to next, like we can hope that you can make that job kind of a vacation right. while you're doing it. Does that sound right? At least, you know, yes. And, and even just the, the fact that it's something different and in a different location are things that I'm like, maybe yeah. that'll be enough. Are you like um, me that, that you get, I, I get excited when I'm around, like, I'm, I'm excited talking to you right now. I, when there's new people, new, funny people, I yes. sort of come to life. Yeah, and yeah. if I'm with the same old, same olds, uh, and I, these are my friends, I don't say that putting them down, <laughs> but I'm not as jazzed. I, I get jazzed. You must get jazzed with the host, though. There's a new element there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get jazzed getting to see people, but it's still just, you know, I think with like, you know, cases being up again, what? I, what a fucking drag to talk about COVID all the time. I'm so, I, I'm such a buddy, like a drag of a person. I said but, to Val, I was like, this just needs to stop. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, it just needs to stop. Yeah. It, it's we, like 50% of my day yeah. talking about it, but it's, yeah. so we're not going out as much and it's, I would have fun hanging out with my castmates and I'm looking forward to next week, the, just even go because I, I haven't even been to after parties, you know, mm. um, because of Coco, because and of it, the co yeah. And is that Coco. is that a, a C strong or is that Totos? I think that's Totos. Totos. Totos to about Coco. <laughs> you are just I just love chatting with improvisers and silly improvisers, and I, I really think that that sort of. Uh, training that you've had. You're a Chicago person. Yes. Yeah. I moved. I, I don't know if you know. I moved to. I'm just trying to relate, not not compete. Obviously, <laughs> you know. I did it too. Pizza. No. You like pizza? 
They relate to Chicago. Oh, I actually hate deep dish pizza. It is. It is like, how much do you love cheese? You really, really love love cheese. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't love cheese that much. It turns like I (laughs) I like more of a combo of the uh, sauce and the cheese and the bread. And Chicago's like, no, I want to like cheese should seem like a problem, like a like a like a situation. (laughs) Like that should yes. be the conundrum that I have to dig my way out with a fork and knife. That's we like out. bad weather in every way. <laughs> we want our cheese to feel like bad weather. Yeah, you want to be snowed in with cheese. Mm-hmm. You are just a tremendous listener. And yes, Sander, and that's what we were saying. <laughs> you you got, how, how did you find, I, this sounds like such a generic question, but I'm really interested. How did you find the outlet of comedy? Like when when was your first kind of like, was it camp or school? Who told you that making shit up was like a thing you could do? Well, I didn't start imp- improv really until after college. But I okay. think my family's pretty funny. Um, They're silly billies? They're silly. We were like a silly family before the divorce. When was um, that? When was that? <laughs> we were silly after too. Uh, that was my fifth grade, I think, when I was eleven. Okay, but my that, yeah, my my they're all we enjoy being silly. My dad what? and I would flare our nostrils together. That was that was so not worth it. Just to say, my dad and I flared our nostrils <laughs> no, together. No. Sorry, let me finish this. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna die when I tell you what we did. No, you need to tell me what you mean. Like, like in inappropriate situations. I don't know. I, like, I gave. A, I bailed on it. <laughs> no, it was like a you know a charactery thing. We would do the nostril flutter duet. Okay. okay. It's less funny now than it was when I was twelve. I feel like. Well, as I'm I, saying it. I'm not laughing as much. I have a daughter, and I know uh, our bits are going. They they won't age well. Not in the bad way. In the yeah. in the kind of they're just too simple. Like yeah, she she loves a good uh, raspberry on her belly, for example, <laughs> and that that's not going to work when she's when she's older. I, and it so might. I'm enjoying it now. It might. You never you never know. So, yeah. what kind of silly was the family? Were they? I'll give you some options. Were they the loud silly like? Like at a dinner party, they're loud and they're telling people to lighten up and they're having cocktails, <laughs> telling stories, center of attention, silly. Were they more back of the room whispering, check out this guy's toupee, silly? Were they sarcastic? Were they mean? Oh, loud. Tell me. Loud. Everything. I wouldn't say not mean. Uh, yeah. Certainly sarcastic. But I mean, my dad's very loud. And I feel like everyone in Chicago knows Bill Strong. And he's like, he's loud on the phone. He's like, <laughs> hey, Jim, it's Bill. What's going on? And like he would, I mean, some of the, the most I've laughed at my dad is like <laughs> hearing him sneeze in the house. You just be like in the kitchen and he's a floor up and you just hear like. Ah! <laughs> it's just, <laughs> such a pain. Yeah. Yes. So that's my favorite of all my dad's jokes. Is this sneeze? Sneeze. He's got a killer sneeze. My mom actually has a sneeze that you almost wonder if it's a cry for attention. because It's a scream. It's it's like the Wilhelm scream. It's like the classic (laughs) horror scream. And I think there were some rumbles in my house that we were like, we don't she doesn't have to sneeze that way. Like she's she's like fucking with us. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm with you. And your mom loud. My mom is less loud, but still 
loud. And I feel like they both were, I get a, like a corny sense of humor from them. Yes. You know, my mom was a real like, oh, made him a snake. <laughs> Anything that was like a stupid word. She's thing. an okie choke. And okey I'm a dokey artichoke. Yes, yeah. yes. And you're definitely. What can I do you for? Yeah. I forget all of that shit. Yeah. Pardon yeah. my swearing today. You're allowed to. I've I've been swearing more than you, Sess. Can I call you, you Sess? Oh, yeah. I said oh, shit yeah. earlier. Because I was thinking about what a wholesome anecdote we were telling. And then I said <laughs> shit. And I was like, Petey, why do you have to, why? Because I was like, oh, my mom would, I actually. That's how I just felt yes. right. It's like my super ego goes like, your mom would enjoy this riff about her sneeze. And then I have to be like, <laughs> I think it was passive aggressive and she's full of shit or something. And I'm like, why, why ruin it? Are you close with them now? You're, you're made of a snake and, and you're, and mm-hmm. your pop. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see them as often, but I, I try to talk to them a bit and I'm not great talking on the phone, but I'm getting better. I, I just also, had a great talk with my dad the other day and he's sort of going through his pandemic blues too. <laughs> and he was like, you know, I just, I mean, I don't want to stop drinking and eating. And I was like, I hear you, dad. I'm with wait, you. Why would you have to stop eating? Oh, going out. You mean? No, no. Be, <laughs> drinking and eating a lot. Oh, to like self-medicate. Family of excess. Yes. No, no, I do. I do. We are a big family. Big people. We're loud. Just big in that way. Did I look? I don't mean to steer this. I just can't talk about this enough. So I hope this isn't too serious. Have you had to like untangle comfort and food as I have? (laughs) Like that. That kind of feeling of like this is love. Like I really relate. Yes, but I don't think I have untangled it. I think I've embraced it more, in fact, Mm. um, during this this time. Only because it was like some days it was kind of, that'll be the joy. That's like the one joy this awful week is I'm going to make a great dinner. Oh, you But I enjoy cooking. Yeah. Yeah. It's less like, I don't think I eat to punish myself though. So there's that. Or you're not binging. You're not just eating like, 28 Oreos. I'm enjoying, like I'm cooking, uh, I'm trying new things and uh, hopefully eating some of the things I'm supposed to. Yeah. And is this with, I'm not trying to pry, we can even edit this out. I'm just wondering if you're with somebody, like, is this cooking for one or you, do you have, do you share your life with anyone? (laughs) (laughs) I share my life now. I do. (laughs) Good. I didn't always. So that, yeah. not a weird question. I'm. I just moved into where I am now in March. Yeah, and what's was, your ad- what? What is your address? So my address <laughs> is. That's funny. I just did a mute bit. They couldn't see it. Yeah, you made a mistake. Mouthing. I made a little mistake. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but so you. Oh, yeah, but so I'm dating. living with someone. You're yeah, living I'm with dating. someone. Okay. I'm living and dating the, yeah. the same person. Yeah. And I, it, what, that's, it's, often, that's good. That's how you should do it. It's tough. I have to say, I, I feel like I should have practiced before 38. Is this your first time? It's my first time living, living with someone that I'm dating and only that person. And we are sharing a space. Really? So have, yeah. am I hearing you right before you, it would be more casual, like less, like you said, only one person. Yeah. I, well, I feel like I've had a boyfriend like live with me sort of, but not like both of our names are on the lease. Yeah. 
this is a real thing. It was more yeah. like a just a drug dealer you got cozy with named Skis who just kept sleeping on your couch. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, I guess you kind of live here. But now it's, it, it's on <laughs> <laughs> it's on the lease. How <clears throat> how's it going? Like, cause that 38, once you get those neural grooves going. Oh, and, yeah. and you're not like, you know what you like. So this right. is not shit talk on your partner. I'm just curious. What was that like a little bit later doing that for the first time? I mean, it's, it's got to be. Oh, it's an adjustment. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like understated. I'm just like, yeah. My, my friends who know me well, who had also just are a little bit further along in their relationship developmental uh, skills. and we're kind of like, how's that going? How do you, how are you finding that? I was like, well, I think we've argued every day, uh, but it's right? okay. We're good arguers though. And let me ask you this is that like Val, my wife and I are so sweet. We're so sweetie. We come from families that like, so we, we think like not fighting is really good, but then uh-huh. we have other friends that are like, you need to fight, let it out. And, and as you just said, get good at it. So it's not like malicious. It's like zesty. Is that what you would say? No, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't sell it as my lifestyle brand to anyone. Um, <laughs> it's my I feel like John, who is my boyfriend, is like my penance for being so difficult my whole life. He is so much more difficult than I. I mean, he's <laughs> he loves to argue and I'm it's but it's teaching me and I'm like. You know, I have to like let you win here. I just have to say no, no, John. We're not going to have that fight. What is can. what is one that old old Johnny Boy would would bring up that you had to let go, or or just like a a little example of of a of a tiff? Well, so I, I mean, a big one is, and I'll say this one because it's I think I'm the really the bad one here. Is he's much neater than I. I cannot. I'm not a clean person. Yeah. I can't possibly, I've never been able to, um, if I walk into a room, if there's not three things new on the floor, I've done something <laughs> wrong or I'm <laughs> sick or something. I'm just very messy. I'm and the I was same like, way. well, John, I'm, I'm trying to respect your space and be better at it, but he'll always, you know, he'll always go, Hey, Cecily, where does, where do we think this goes or something? And I'm always like, Nope, that's condescending. Yes. Don't ask me what I think, where the buns want to go. <laughs> Just put them away if you don't want them where they are. So that's, I, that's the big one. I'm curious if you're like me in, in that's a little bit how your brain works. I, like I know a lot of comedians and stuff. Oh, it's that, a lot of it. Yeah. That you just want things where you can see them and when they're in front of you and don't let me yeah. lead you to this, like live TV I haven't done live TV, but I've done like a stand-up taping. And if you think about it too much, it's overwhelming. If you think the camera represents yeah. all these people too much, but if you just think about the joke you're doing or the sketch you're doing or whatever, that is uh, not a clean person. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that person might put the buns not back. Yeah. But it, we, we, because we're focused on something else. Does that feel right? Now, a- I would say, I don't know that I've ever thought of it like that but i definitely am shocked when there are people who are neat in comedy mm-hmm. um, it's like how do you have time how do you yeah. how are you ever funny you know we're kind of <laughs> it takes all your we, effort yeah we make jazz you know 
<laughs> yes. I make a lot of jabs in my physical spaces too. <laughs> You're jazzing in, in two areas. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of jazz. He's away for the weekend and I've really in like three hours I've jazzed up this place <laughs> so much. It's unbelievable what I'm capable of. But that's a little, you know, don't get me wrong. I go through phases usually when not much is going on where I'll get real clean, but like, I sort of like, like, this is my space and you, and you can see it's, it's, it's dirty. It's, it's just got stuff all around. I clean up. If you came here in person, I would have cleaned up, but right now what I'm working on is in front of me yeah. and there's post-it notes with jokes and, and little things and script ideas or whatever it might be. And that's where I want it. And, and Val, and this is not shit talk. <clears throat> she'll move something. Like I'm trying to think of an example, like let's say I'm trying to floss. I'm trying to start like flossing, which I have. <laughs> well, I wish I could do it. <laughs> my whole life I've been trying. trying. Are you a flosser? I use it. I have to use the um the, the water pick. The water pick. Okay, I have, that's how I floss. I've never tried a water pick. That sounds worse. Love it. Life changing. No, it's great. A laser of water between my teeth. Well, I don't think of it as a laser. It's just <laughs> you're already brushing, and then you it takes the guesswork out. I don't know. So it, but it is just like a fire hose of pinprick size that goes between your teeth. Well, it comes out of the brush. I have one that's the toothbrush and the water. So you brush first and then, or you floss first if you want. Yeah. Okay. But I think it's really changed it up. It's changed the game for me. Okay. So this is helpful because I am somebody who's always trying to start flossing. (laughs) There's a great Mitch Hedberg joke. People say, you don't know how hard it is to quit smoking. I say, yes, I do. I've tried to start flossing. (laughs) So (laughs) you, you really helped me out today. But what I'll do is I will leave a bag of the floss picks just on my sink, just on my sink. It's my mm-hmm. sink. This is my sink. That's your sink. This she, We don't get in fights, but she will clean it up. And guess yes. what? We'll, we'll never discuss it, but I will not floss for a month. And then I'll go, something was here. <laughs> you know I, I mean? started a project. I it was. A, right yes. There. And that's, yeah. is that how, um, is that how it is when you're trying to, break a story or I I don't know if you've ever uh, tackled those types of things that need all the like beautiful mind post-its or anything like that. Um, Do you need it in front of you? I need it in front of me. I mean, it's sort of like if things are put away too much, it's like, I don't have them. They may may not, they may as well not be there. And I'm just like, I'll never, I'll never see that ruler again. And I, do you think my leading assumption was maybe true in that, like, that's helpful that, so what we're talking about is blinders, right? So like, like a horse. And if you're about to go live and you're so great on the show, I'm sorry, you're just, you're, you're a real standout and just a delight. Do you think the blind, well, yeah. What do you say to that? (laughs) Do you think you just go, thank you. Play that again. Thank you. I'm getting good at that. (laughs) Do you think the blinders you mean taking compliments? Uh-huh. We're going to get back to that then. Um, do you think the blinders help with the pressure of of live performance in every way that you've done it, including the, the seems like the calculated pressure of SNL. It doesn't have to be live. Like, nope. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, that right. seems to be an, like, forgive me, I, I feel like I'm buttering Lauren's bread, but I think he's a person who knows that things are better when knives keep like almost cutting your neck. Oh, yeah. 
So he's like, let's do it because it, it's a high wire act and it makes the show funnier and better, but it doesn't need it. But it's, <laughs> do you think the blinders help you relax into it? Or maybe you're not relaxed. I I, I mean, I'm not, I think I'm semi-relaxed depending on what I'm doing. If I'm, you know, if I have to do a specific thing, like if I'm trying to sing on the show or if there's something I don't quite know well, then I'll get nervous or wearing a heel. Um, (laughs) But normally I I think because I grew up doing theater, I, I really enjoy it. And I, I, I love it for being live and I just, I enjoy an audience. I don't think of it as much as the TV audience. It's sort that's of great. The audience that's there live with us. Is just control what you can control. You don't exciting. know what the people through the camera are doing, by right. the way, even if they're like a billion people are watching. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, yes, yeah, some of them are taking a shit. Some of them are second screening on Instagram, you know, yes. just play to the room. I, I love that. So just focus on what's happening. I'm not doing happening. surgery, right? I'm just <laughs> telling a fart joke or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wonder, is there more, you mentioned singing. I completely get that. If you do so many wonderful impressions, I find that if I'm doing an impression, some days you asked me to do John C. Riley. It just sounds like John C. Riley's in the room. Yeah. Usually if I didn't prep it, like it was just, it just came up in conversation totally. and I just do it because I'm comfortable. We're just talking. But then if you go like in 10 seconds, John C. Riley gets a haircut, 10, not like when it starts, <laughs> it might be like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like it's off. Like I can hear yeah. the, the pitches off because the stress literally constricts my vocal cords or something yeah. and everything's a little off pitch. Would you talk a well, little bit about You're not breathing as well. You're you not know? breathing. That's it. Yes. Yes. And so you are, you are restricting it. It is. I, I mean, anytime I, I can sound great at in a room by myself and then I just, I, I get nervous. I, that's when I get nervous. And if you, I'm nervous, then I'm not breathing well. Well, tell, um, go ahead. No, no, I, I don't. What were you going to say? I bet it's you, you flare your nostrils. Um, I was wondering, <laughs> has anyone given you advice that that helps you with that? Because on, like for real, just in life, I'm looking for ways to slow my heart down sometimes or to sure. just be in the moment and let my body relax into what I'm doing. Is Are there techniques that you found? Uh, I mean, I went to show? school and for it and paid a lot of money. So I feel like I eventually just have to start doing what I was trained to do, um, which is helpful. Like, you know, voice training and voice classes. This is which was so embarrassing. I mean, it's not embarrassing, but it's like the first year because I did this one woman show this play and I was speaking for 90 minutes straight every night. And then um, in like higher registers too, which was tougher on my, and I was starting to lose my voice in the winter. So I finally started, um, doing vocal warmups, which yes. is, I probably should have been doing the whole time, but I find yeah. like those are really helpful. And you're like, Oh, and I guess this wakes me up a little too breathing. Well, floods you with oxygen and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Have you ever Calms done me down? Yeah. The steam too. Have you ever done a love the steam, a steam machine? Yeah, I have two of them. Yeah. Oh shit. And oh, because it are. also, it doesn't. Oh, did I break up? I lost just for a second. Yeah. Just for the name brand, the people at Mabus are really mad that uh, <laughs> you didn't hear me say. Is it a Mabus brand? 
vocal steamer. <laughs> but mine is, but I'll I'll be doing stand-up, you know, talking for an hour. And if I'm doing a lot of shows, I'm just back there. So it is the steam, but it's everyone thinks it's a bong, by the way. But it's also just I have to take like 15 deep breaths. Um, but and then I have to imagine there's also like a it just is what it is. Like you're gonna be excited and you yes. just have to you just have to acclimate to that. Is that does it sound true? Oh, I mean, I would hope I'm a little bit nervous just just for the energy of it. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Have you ever had a show where you weren't nervous and that made you nervous? Oh, definitely. And I, yeah. And I'm like, well, do I know what I'm doing? Do I know how to do this? Am I going to yeah. suck? I feel like, and I just, you know, it's a nice thing, people showing up for you to perform. And so I want to at least at least be excited that they're there or fake well, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is, I, I've heard, uh, I think it was Seinfeld say that's your job is to pretend right. like you're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe you'll, you'll actually start enjoying it. Tell me a little bit about that one woman show or, or the play. You said that, that it was just you. What was it called? What, what production? Uh, was it? It's, it, it's Lily Tomlin's wife, Jane Wagner wrote it for her. Uh, like in, I think it was 19, 19- 85 is when they first started doing it. And so it was that show. We just did it. And I think we're doing it again in LA. It's called the search for signs of intelligent life in the universe. Yes. And I it's think like 11, 12 characters. Well, I'll give them the, the note, but yeah. <laughs> 100% JK. It just kept going longer than I thought. I, it's a long title. 12 characters. Yeah. You do. So you're, doing oh this is perfect for you you know oh, i have yeah, a, a book so much of, fun i love it is that it's not the show that because i just quoted lily to somebody it was actually my uber driver and i think i made him cry <laughs> because i said uh forgiveness is letting go of the hope of a better past have you ever heard that no based on your face i'm guessing it's not in that show but that is I, that's something i think lily that's Tomlin, beautiful yeah isn't that great that feels in the the show is also, I mean, it's a beautiful show and I've, it's the most generous show I think I've ever been a part of. And the, the end of the show, it's like going through that experience with an audience. And then mm. it really, it really thanks the audience for being there. And it's very much about the reason my director Lee wanted to do it now after, I guess, sort of during pandemic is because it's about <laughs> that human connection and strangers sitting in a dark room together laughing and crying about the same thing and wow but and how that is really what makes us human you know it's yeah the conceit is there's a a woman who's homeless but we sort of now because there are real homeless problems that she's more without home without time or space home um who's teaching her space chums about they're they're collecting data on what it is to be human on humanity. Oh wow! And, and, and so that's but the big conclusion at the end is really us tonight, all of us in this theater together, is sort of and those connections. Wow, that sounds really beautiful and life affirming. If I'm hearing it, it really right. it's yeah. so life affirming. I think it yeah. got me. I think I miss it so much. I'm probably feeling a slump from not doing it. I, I'm really excited to do it again. And especially uh, doing it during like, you know, when Omicron hit was our first week of tech, I think or we were, you know, our dress rehearsal was the next Monday. 
Mm. And it was terrifying. Like, are we going to stay out watching everybody I know get sick and not knowing if they'll be okay? And will theater survive? Will Broadway, you know, and it was just mm. sort of like, will New York have to go back inside again? And it was just like, we can't, we can't go back inside. And people showed up, which was also very moving that it was like, we mm. had everybody scared. And I remember there's, you know, seeing one of the, the handicap accessible vans. And it's like that person made this trip tonight, even with, I'm sure some kind of preexisting conditions in this height mm -hmm. of Omicron, because it's that important for all of us right now. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah. it was so special. I, I, I think that's another thing that we'd learned during the pandemic, which, which is that <laughs> this stuff that feels like elective, like just kind of like it's the bonus stuff, including laughter. I just did a show and I, I, I have better shows when I remind myself of things like ha the handicap van or, or of people being nervous still, you know, we're, we're hopefully stabilizing. I don't know, but like, we're still nervous. Right. Yeah. But like, we figured out during this time that it's not, it's not candy. You know what I mean? Especially you just describing your show made me realize those magical nights, or, or maybe it's just a magical pit stop in an airport in Tennessee, like where somebody's playing music and you're just like, yeah. oh, oh shit. Like we need this and we need the human heat of other people around us. Like we forget that like, or I forget that we're pack animals. Like man, like the human animal was designed to be in packs mm -hmm. of 50, telling stories, moving around, completely relying on one another. There was no, uh, these people are rich, these people are poor. It was all collective sharing. And those people were making art together. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, once the sun goes down, that's kind of all there is to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a long time before you go into bed. So this stuff is in our DNA. It's, it's just nice to hear you saying that. And I have to imagine you need it too, or tell me anything. Oh, I, I, mean, I absolutely did. And every day I would drive to the theater. It was at this theater, the shed. It was a newer uh, place in Hudson Yards. And we had a great HEPA filters, which I, talked about every time I brought we it up. The I Audrey brag Hepa about those, those, yes, Audrey Hepa. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, so, yeah, keep going. Well, well, now I, okay. Pretend we didn't just make a joke so that I don't sound so yes. insensitive. But so we would drive by, there's a structure in Hudson Yards that was just built. And it's sort of, you know, it's an, uh, an art piece, an interactive art piece. It sort of looks like a parking lot but it's open and people would walk up it, but they wound up having to shut it down during the pandemic because people were killing themselves. And oh, every no. day it was like, I'm driving to do this show. And there's a reminder of the consequences of yes. having to be inside and that kind of isolation. And it was yeah. just like, this is why we're doing this. That's and right. even though it's scary, it's, we're all making, we've all gotten over anxieties to show up in the theater tonight. And yeah. so this is like, let's, be here with each other and hopefully mm -hmm. I can make you laugh. And there were days, you know, where I, I would, someone close to me would have just got tested positive and then I'm scared. My little stupid test. I'm like, is that a blue line? Is that a light blue line? Mm -hmm. And I'm performing in five minutes. And so it was, it was really good for me, I think. And hopefully I think good for the audience too. And 
even just watching like theater people go see it and watching them look around and see like there's audiences. People are coming yeah. to shows. They yeah. want, they're still wanting to do that. They need it. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. They say that isolation, like extreme isolation is worse than smoking. It's worse than obesity. It, it has super, super dire consequences to your I mean, I, I, yeah, they're trying to get rid of it in prisons. You know, it's like it's mm. torture. And, yeah. and I think it's like, I think it's our humanity's taken a hit by yeah. being isolated. And I mean, I think that's not, I'm not at all trying to sound cliche and stupid or, but it's sort of like when everybody is online all the time, that's people are crueler. They are less human. And we, we see oh. each other as less human and we're worse to each other. Oh my God. I just, I, I have a couple things I want to ask you, but I, I just did a, a game show that I had done before where I used to be with the other contestants. And then this time because of COVID, I was just talking to them like a Zoom, but I, I was in the <laughs> studio, but I was talking to them a Zoom. And like, I'm not saying I was cruel or anything, but because it's it's like pyramid, it's, it's sort of like uh, you're trying to get them to guess things, but I'm just talking yeah. to a screen, but I can still yeah. see them and they wouldn't get it. And I'd just be like, ah, come on. Like I'd <laughs> way, if they were in the room, I, I, I know because about a month later I did pyramid with in person and I was nicer. Like, but <laughs> you, you just put them on a zoom screen and suddenly I felt like it was okay to be like, we played bad guys. We played bad. Like, that's just how <laughs> technology is not human heat. It's not the same thing. And, and it's easy to forget that it's a person. Oh, and it's like, we're not even in the same time zones because of the, mm. the lag. And so it's like, I'm responding to you. You're mm -hmm. already in the future of what I'm responding <laughs> to. And you can't right. speak at the same time. Oh, I know. Miss... It's like, you can't be collaborative. Cause like, I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. You know, when... it's sort of like, I love interrupting. I, all conversations should involve interruption. I yes. hate it on a movie set. When you're supposed to, when they go like, okay, but don't talk over each other. And it's like, well, then it's not real conversation. I completely agree. I, I, I love the movie, uh, the Meyerowitz reports. It's a Noah Baumbach movie and the whole movie must be written in like quadruple dialogue. <laughs> and uh -huh. I, but it was the first time I went, this is what my family's like. But when you're watching a movie and everybody's like, what, what do you think? What do you mean? What do I think? What do you, th I, I can't, I, you can't put me on the spot like that. Well, we need to make a decision. You know what I mean? Like, just like, it's fake. It's not how, yes. it's not how it is. And you're so right doing this podcast. Again, if you were here, we would talk over each other and interrupt each other. When Fred Armisen did it, we did the, like the saying at the same time, like one of us will lead and we'll say that's that game, by the way, one of us will lead and the other will try and sing at the same time is the most it's the cleanest example of what we need from each other when it comes to like silly, funny art. Yeah. Like you're going to listen to me. I'm going to follow you. And, I, and everybody like it's greater than the sum of its parts. You feel like healed by the end of that. Absolutely. And Oh my God, definitely. And Fred is a really fun person. I was just talking about it today. Like, I, cause I, I miss my friends so much. And I think it's like, because I miss that. It's like, I think of it as like playing we're playing. Yeah. You know, and it's like Fred is so good at that. And when I was, I missed my friends in LA and I was thinking about one of the last times I was there, we were, had people over and I always have wigs. I have a wig drawer. So everybody put on wigs and then we wound up like <laughs> somehow making our own Peter Pan musical, but oh, just so Jesus. stupid. 
Yes. And it wasn't even like, they're not even, I'm the only one who's in comedy. So it's like yes, artists and it was just, they're all so funny. My friend was singing Mary Martin as Peter Pan <laughs> doing anything. And it was just so insane, but it made me laugh so much. And it was like, I, I missed that, yeah. that magic in that, in that playing. I, but that, I think that's we're saying the same thing, that magic and that playing, which from like, if you showed it to a computer, the computer <laughs> would be like, this is illogical. This serves no purpose. No food or shelter is gained from this. But like the heart knows. I was just at uh, my friend's house. They were also musicians. I was the only comedy person, but we did. So there's probably six of us around the table and we did, everybody goes one at a time, but everyone sings what that person is singing. <laughs> and we jokingly called the game so, because after everybody's verse, you'd go, so, and that's how you <laughs> knew it was the next person's turn. I'm telling you, you start getting to a spot, a spot where it feels like there's only one of you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, it's like one thing was making this stupid song and like their daughter came in she's about 11 she's doing it like it wasn't <laughs> to be good or right. to be like clever i actually think people would have looked down if you were like really clever it was just yes. about being like when i You'd played be like well you were working on this ahead of yeah, time exactly weird. no yeah that wasn't the point it's just right. like that bohemian there's a i don't know why we don't do more stuff like this like the candle and the bottle of chianti feeling activities because it's right there. I was just at another birthday party and it was, it was my wife's family and they're great people, but like there wasn't much silliness happening. And I was like, but it's free. And all we have to do is make it safe for all of us to be like, I just want to take a bubble uh -huh. bath with a parakeet. <laughs> is that so bad? You know what I mean? And like, yeah. just go, just go, just go, just go, just go. But we're all like, Sorry to be on a rant here, but it's like, I feel like so many of us walk around going, I'll have fun later. I'll have fun at the designated fun time. Uh -huh. And there's when this, I'm done uh, with my work today. Yes. I'll go to the place where I have fun. Yeah. It sounds like maybe you're, you learn that lesson. Like I, now I'm the cliche one, no time like the present, but it's like, this is it. Like, it's not promised. The later moment isn't promised because I caught mm -hmm. myself doing it. I was like, this, this uh, meal is a little tense. Like I can see there's some family dynamics here. Uh, I I'll just wait till I'm in the car with Val and Leela and then we'll be silly. And I was like, no, I should just be silly now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. as Val and I always say a plane engine might fall on you and, and then boy, you, you should have cash those happy checks you didn't, when you, had you didn't make it to the silly place exactly after. yes yeah. because you believed the lie that that event isn't supposed to be fun right mm -hmm. yes <laughs> I or, or it's it's or it's like not even that you believe it but that you don't you don't try at least for me it's like you i'm wilt. not going to try to do this yeah it's like a little bit of extra effort not worth it for this moment instead Precisely. of it's like, just like, you know, it's, it takes effort to show up anywhere. That's a, a simple thing to say, but you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. To actually be where you are and, and right. see the infinite potential at, at like, oh, this could be silly. This could be fun. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation is sometimes the first energy to go is your joy seeking energy. And then you are just eating crab dip. <laughs> or, or, or you're, you know, you're medicating in whatever way. Maybe you uh, 
take an edible or get drunk or whatever it is. Yeah. It, 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 I'm saying that with compassion. I'm not like you idiot. I'm saying like, because it's hard. you like, you run out of steam. Uh, I, you know, yeah. Scraping the barrel. I want to talk. You can, you, again, this is your interview. Uh, you, <laughs> I'm only going to say what <laughs> you, you, you. Can, no, I just mean like, it's not like a gotcha show. Sometimes I watch other interviews and you can tell they're trying to, anyway, now you're going to be surprised. Oh, I have how, not felt that way at all. Okay, good. But the, I just wanted to bring up the subject because I'm very interested in it. When we're talking about live TV, that the knife being close to your neck, that like like tension can make us funnier. And I've, I've asked almost every guest that's done this podcast, like, where did it come from? You mentioned the, your parents' divorce, for example, but I'm wondering, I could tell you mine, but I've said it a billion times. It's like, where did you kind of learn like, one of the ways to deal with this feeling is by being funny or by being fabulous or by being sparkly twinkly. What did you have like feelings of inadequacy, anxiety? Was it your parents split? Did Like you mentioned in high school, wanting to be at the party and not getting invited. Did you uh-huh. feel excluded? Do you feel non-neurotypical? Like the world is confusing to you. Just tell me everything. Cause I couldn't be more interested. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think it's, so many of those things. Uh, yeah, me too. By the way, that was yeah. my that was my list. That's why it came so easily. That's a great list. That's a really great list. <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah. I'm excluded. Like, feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. Like I know, it's harder to say why I enjoyed it at like three years old, but much easier to understand it as I got old. It was like, yeah, I mean. Uh, I think a lot, there was some attention, like my brother ha- is one of my favorite people, but he was definitely took a, more of my parents' focus growing up and Older he's got Asperger's. So I've always felt like oh. com- the world of comedy too, there's always people, like everybody's spectrum me mm-hmm. uh, around the world of comedy. And I, I just, I, I love, I will watch every documentary and series on um, Asperger's, I guess. It's not called Asperger's anymore, though. But just the spectrum. I just find that um, that kind of honesty. And, like, that that observation is part of comedy, too. You know, mm-hmm. it's just someone mm-hmm. being, like, do you, like, not worried about the emotional preciousness of the situation? Just being, like, you know, your shoe's off or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. My, I always think about, I went to my grandfather is Colonel Cecil Strong and I never met him. He died uh, when my dad was 17 and we went to see his grave at Arlington Cemetery and my grandma's there too. And it was the first time I'd been with my dad to his parents' grave and he had just had back surgery. So he was like walking with a cane, uh, which was also weird to see. That was the first time seeing my dad. It's like, you're getting old. That's weird. And, um, he we stood by my grandparents' graves and he sort of like he kissed his hand and touched my grandmother's stone and then he put his arms around us and he said they would have been so proud of you. And this was also the weekend I was doing the um the correspondence dinner and meeting the pre- the president with my dad and my brother mm. and we just we hugged when he said that and my dad <laughs> crying and then my brother went out you're choking me 
And it was like, thank God, because I don't know how we ever would have stopped crying. (laughs) Oh, I thought he was going to say something about why would you kiss a stone or like, you know, that's not her or something. No, you were. You were actually choking me. Your hand was there. It was choking me. I couldn't breathe. (laughs) I... I, I, it's all undiagnosed, but I feel like there's spectrum everywhere in my family, including in me. I, I know it, I, I'm always worried. It sounds like I'm sidling up to like something and being like, I'm special too. I'm just saying like, I have like a hyper literal side and for some days more than others, I just seem to calcify a little bit more and get drier and more blunt like that. Like I, yeah. I get, I get really bored quite easily when people aren't just saying the thing, like you're choking mm-hmm. me. And I get delighted <laughs> when someone, when I know I'm safe with them because they'll tell me how they're feeling, you know, right? I mean, like that, in that moment, you didn't have to worry if it was a bit, like he's telling you. <laughs> Definitely. And I, and um, yeah, I have uh, social anxieties and I think I feel like I've gone back to zero because losing these two years of socialization and it's like, I feel like that's part of it too. And I'm like, who can remember all the rules? Like, what am I supposed mm. to do now when presented with this? You're killing and me. So it's like, I, I'm so to dead. have somebody yes. who goes, you're choking me. It's like, it's like, it's so freeing and so refreshing and sort of like, I just want to be, I can't wait to be like 75 years old. Yep. Looking like a witch and <laughs> give a fuck. And just saying exactly what you're feeling. I, 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 I sometimes do it. Like, I'll just be like, well, I don't know why, but I'm really uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm going to walk away like that. That's like, that, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's that, that is there. That seems to be on menu. <laughs> you know, That's I mean? a good one. It doesn't offend anybody. You can, you just yes. be completely honest. Like I might be misreading this, but for some reason, this is really making me tense. So I'm going to go. I have that with Val for sure. I can be like, I don't know why, but like this guy is freaking me out and I need to leave. <laughs> I think that's like, it's, I think that's so respectful and yes, it's like honest. It's, one of those, it's like, yeah. And it's, but it's not like there's on, I don't enjoy people just using that as like a way to be mean to people and like, sorry, of course. that's just how I feel. Sorry. I, know, I like, have a bit about that. Gross. I don't, don't have do a filter. That. And it's like, you should have a filter. Right. That's what being a grown up is. You if don't have like, a friend, is what you don't have. <laughs> you have a filter. Burn. Let me ask you this. In uh, that sounded like I was making fun of you. I thought it was a great burn. In relationships. I, I was offended because I knew that yes, was a good burn. That was a great burn. You don't need me to tell you it was a great burn. In relationships, I wonder if the rules were confusing to you. I I went through a lot of my earlier relationships going like what is the protocol, especially like breakups? I just didn't know how to break up with people. Mm-hmm. I thought you had to hate them. I've said this a million times, but I really just want to get it out there. You don't have to hate somebody to break up with them. But I I, I couldn't find the nuance. It's like, I'm giving this person chocolate. This is not literally, but you know, like flowers and chocolate and love and attention. And we're having sex. And then the next Tuesday, I'm like, I don't see us together the rest of my life. Like that's yeah. over. And that was really, I just wouldn't break up with people because it was too overwhelming. And then like, what if they say this? And then, and my therapist, sorry, I'm almost done with this little rant. And I really want to hear your thoughts. No, I enjoy I, I'm glad you're part of the conversation. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're how, sharing. How'd you get SNL? Uh, like <laughs> suddenly I'm Jim and Glick. But 
my therapist had to explain to me, it was like, if they say you're going to regret this, right. Mm -hmm. You can say, this is, this sounds aspy. I know we're not supposed to say that, but you can say, you're right. I might like, that's okay. Like he trained me because I was dating somebody that I was very scared of. If they say, uh, you don't know how hard it is to find a good person in LA, you're going to come crawling back. What do you say to that? He says, you're right. I might. And boy, will I be humiliated. Of course, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> that's never going to happen. But you just have to concede the point. Yeah. Tell them that you, it's not that you hate them. It doesn't have to be this fiery thing. You just go like, this isn't what I want. But he, my, Dr. Gary Penn, my therapist, always used to say like, <laughs> I'm going to bounce, which I used to love because it just sounds so casual. It's like, look, I think you're great. It's just not for me. I'm going to bounce. <laughs> like, I never said that. But I liked how he was trying to make it so casual. Does that yeah. make you... Does that resonate with you? Like, like friendships or relationships? Like what are the rules? For, oh, definitely. Although I will say relationships bites. I feel like I'm the one who scares someone into saying I'm going to bounce. And I'd be <laughs> like, why? I've given you all the chocolate. That is, doing? that is hilarious. So you've been caught off guard by some breakups. Oh yes. Definitely. Every, every time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you sure. Yes. You're in good but, company. But then I'm like, yeah. I feel like friendships, though, there are times when I'm like, this just isn't. I, I, I can I'm much more level headed when it comes to friendships and understanding, like, you know what? I just think we're not meant to be great friends and I don't hate you, but I'm just mm. like, I don't think we like hit it right. Mm. You know, well, with romantic ones, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like things are going fine. And then they're like, I'm going to bounce. And and you're like, why? <laughs> like, maybe, yes, right. maybe we weren't like in my first marriage, my wife left me. I'm like, I look back and I'm like, I don't think I had learned how to tune into the clues. It's like 500 uh -huh. days of summer when he's, when he's looking back and he realizes wait, she wasn't that into me, but he was filling in the gaps in his favor. I think I do that. I go like, well, she probably thinks it's great that I, whatever. People always think it's that I did comedy. It wasn't that, I promise. It didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like enriching the relationship, but it wasn't the problem. Yeah, I, would, I, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Yes, I'm, uh, I, I think that's part of it. And I had a great therapist going through a tough breakup who had was like, write down 10 things, you know, it's very easy to romanticize somebody. And she was like, no matter how great you think he is, it's, he left. He like, do you yeah. want someone who leaves? That's and it was just good. Sort of like, that's great. And then it was, I had to carry around a list for a while. of like, what are 10 failings of this person? What are like wow. 10 things that have let me down do you so that I'm not romanticizing to hurt myself? I completely get it. And I have to be on a lookout. Um, it sounds like a joke, not with Val. I think she's died in the wool. Wonderful. But like, <laughs> I do tend to put people on pedestals, but there's a manipulation to that. And there's a, it seems kind, but it's actually can be unkind because yeah. it's what was done to me as a child. Everybody look, I love my parents. They did their best and they're great. But like people kept telling me, you're the golden boy. You're the special, you're mama's yeah. special little boy. And when, and they still say that sort of stuff. And I'm like, this doesn't, and now I say, this doesn't give me three dimensions to be, sometimes I'm jealous. Sometimes I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm petty. So I wouldn't say this to my parents, but inside you're like, I'm sexual. I'm alive. I, 
sometimes I'm risky. Like I want to gamble or, or uh, I'm making up stuff, but like golden boys don't, they don't have sex. <laughs> they don't take risks. They're not, you know, whatever they, they don't get angry. They certainly don't. Right. Get angry. You certainly aren't allowed at most of your emotions, I would say, because you relate a lot of times what you're feeling, you're not, you know, you sh- shouldn't be. Yes. So uh, you, are, you can cognitively understand that, but it doesn't make you not feel it. Yes. Do you, did you do that in relationships ever put people on pedestals just to kind of like smooth out the edges? And then I'm also curious if you relate to that as a child. Uh, I definitely do as a child again, because it was sort of, I was the kid who was like, I'll be the easier one. I'm going to do theater. I'm going to get straight A's. I'll do this, Mm. you know? And then it was very hard. The pressure just led. Then I felt like I had a lot of pressure on me around high school. I wound up, I I had bad depression in high school Mm. and was just sort of like, if I can't, I just, there was just a couple of times I just wanted to die. It was just, and it was a very like simple thought and not a dramatic thought. It was just like, I'll go drive home tonight and just fall asleep in the car, in the garage, and I won't mm. have to wake up. Mm. And it was just, and all, it was a lot of that was just like the pressure of not, why can't I get, do everything I was just doing last week? And my, and it's sort of like my whole identity is wrapped up in that. And then what do I have if not that identity? Mm. But I, um, and then not, I will let me go back to something else that made me think of, which I think is really nice. And I think like the sweetest, my love language and the thing I like to give to people and get from people is like somebody acknowledging the, the specifics of you and your, mm-hmm. you, I, I hate when people be like, Oh, you know, like you have friends that'll give you a gift or tell you something like, well, you'll like this because, Stop. and I'm like, what? or they, or they tell you a movie is your sense you? of humor. Yeah. How many times I, are you going to ask if yes, I eat yes. red meat? Yes. I don't. Yes. Just, will you know that about me at some point? Will we you are like, the learn same. my specifics? Because I, it's like, it's just the sweetest. And the minute you say something to somebody like, you know what you do that I noticed that's really funny. They're just like, yeah, you know, it's, that's it's it. the most loving thing you can give somebody. This goes back to why we both love the mirroring singing exercise and, and improv in general and comedy in general, by the way, this like evidence, the sound that people make, that they saw you, that they heard you mm-hmm. and that they noticed the special way that you did it. Sorry to bake this in, but Schmigadoon had so many moments. Val and I sometimes pause it and we go, let's do that moment. Let's see. Uh, let's let's see how we. Let's see how we would do it. I love that. But it's not to compete. It's to actually appreciate how special the performance was. You're like, did you see what what Cecily did? She there's like an eye roll, but like you kind of look to the and we try and mimic it. It's like this deep appreciation. uh, So that's the nicest thing I've. That's my favorite thing I've heard someone say about the show. I'm glad. I love that. It's completely true. And we, we really loved it. But you and I are the same. And that's why. So uh, not to be name droppy, but John Hamm just did the podcast and and we were talking about um, how my dad can't hear. So when I FaceTime with him and he, he, I I kept going, it's a 45 minute appointment. Just go get a thing. (laughs) Uh But we're FaceTiming and I think he's just trying to read my lips. So I'm just like smiling and giving him thumbs up because I know he can't hear. And then I said to John, I was like, I'll start saying um, nonsense, like not mean nonsense, but he'll be like, so what's, what's going on with the thing? And I'll be like, well, you know, life is a mystery dad. And, and mm-hmm. we're all swirling in a tornado. 
It's not to fuck with him. And then John Hamm goes like, yeah, because it's better that than to say something real and have it be unheard. And I was like, ham, I was already ham for you, but now I'm double ham (laughs) for you. You know, you relate to that, right? It's like, oh, absolutely. Not being seen, not being heard, like hurts. Like I actually think it reads in my animal body as not safe. Like I am not safe here. Don't, don't let down your guard here. Right. Yeah. Well, and and I think also, I mean, at some of my lowest points, there's something it's like you, feeling invisible and being like, does anybody, Mm. you know, like, does anybody, is anybody thinking about me today? Are people, do they know I'm here? Do they, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so I think that's sort of what you're saying too. And it seems like you're the same. It's a little sonar, especially comedy. It's like, I'm here. You heard me. I'm here. Tell me like, Again, I'm not Barbara Walters. I'm not trying for that heart-wrenching moment, but like depression in high school. So this is the 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. I just feel like we weren't even where we are now. And I'm wondering how equipped they were and what it was like. And and also yeah. to not to to give it some some hope for people. I'm wondering how you got out of it and and what helped. Sure. Well, and how I, you're continuing to, you know, I mean, luckily my, my family was very well versed because again, my brother had been dealing with it. Um, and this is all out there. So I don't mind talking about it. And again, he's, mm. he's such a lovely, amazing favorite person in my life, but he, he attempted suicide in eighth grade mm. and like had been to the uh, psych ward at rush hospital. So it was sort of, it wasn't taboo in my family to talk about it. It was, and it was treated as something like you, you go get help. If you mm-hmm. feel that, you know, my mm-hmm. mom was very much like, if you had a cold, I would take you to get medicine. If you're telling me you feel this way, I'm going to take you to see somebody. So we had, there was no stigma in my family. It's and there beautiful. certainly was when I dropped out of high school and I was I down to like four periods a day and I was doing the play and it was like, I loved theater and that was sort of the one thing I had. And then during tech week, right before the show was going to open the show I was doing, the head of the theater department was like, we think it's best if you drop out because of how much you're missing, but we'll put a thing in the program about teen depression or something. And I was just like, I, and I remember my mom putting her hand on my leg and being like, don't run out of this room right now. Like, mm. we got it. You know, mm, wow. That's... But yeah, I think just my family being, I mean, it's having a family with a lot of different mental illness is not only just a bad thing. Right. <laughs> well, that's why you put in its own way. People can't see you, but you put luckily in quotes, which is, which is really interesting. But I actually think that's pretty profound. When I'm low, broken, sad, despondent, uh, one of the things I tell myself, it doesn't always, in fact, it doesn't work in the sense that it pulls me out of it, but I try to remember I'm not much good to people. If I don't go through the same things we all go through, not even, I don't even mean as an artist, like certainly when I'm writing something, it's helpful to remember like, okay, remember what it feels like those days when you're so frustrated, you hate the back of somebody's head on the Metro North, right? Like, okay, that that can happen. So that keeps me relatable. But just as a human being, as a friend, as a person, as a father, as a husband, if I'm just good, it's not very good. It's not much good to people, right? Yeah. 
absolutely. Your, your brother's experience, while you never would have wished for it, ended up sort of opening doors that helped you. And I think that's what that's why I wanted you to talk about it. There are people listening that are depressed. They might not even, they might be their normal state. They don't even recognize that they're depressed. Yeah. Well, I and mean, they, especially right now. Exactly. I think, I yeah. think everybody's dealing with a lot more <laughs> mental health crises mm-hmm. than they know of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've always, I, I'm always open about my anxiety and depression and I take Wellbutrin and I go to therapy off and on when I feel like I need it. And it's sort of like, I'm, I've it's always just, been proud it's just of myself. Keenan with a fake beard. Like, I do, yes. <laughs> they tell you it's therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, does, he does a different accent sometimes. <laughs> so if I think I'm seeing a different doctor today. Uh, and Lauren listens in on all yeah, of it. Of course. Up, but he cares. So and then there's nice. all these sketch pitches in the meeting. It's like, wait. Like, wait a something. minute. <laughs> I just told my doctor that. <laughs> I told Dr. Bananas that. <laughs> Well, the name should have been a giveaway. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> I love that. So yes, Wellbutrin helped and therapy yeah. helps when you can. And I think, yes. And I love what you said about, I think, you know, being empathetic is and having compassion. It's just sort of, and again, like I, I may not know all those social rules, but it's easy if you just go like, what would I feel like in this moment, if I, Mm -hmm. what would I feel like I needed? Because I have been there Mm -hmm. and just being like, I don't, I'm someone that's sort of like, do you need, I like being on the show and being the one who can tell people like, you know, it's okay if you feel terrible right now. And like, Mm. I know it's sketch comedy. So we're all supposed to, it's nothing, but I know you want to cry and I'm telling you it's normal to cry and Mm. everyone here has done it. And so, which I think is like a very important thing to hear there and and everywhere that's your brother this is like um when it gets really helpful to have well however our brains work that the way that our brains work can be really useful to people who have brains that don't work like our brains is what i'm trying yeah. to say yeah and when you're the person that is a gift and val is that way for me um the show that i've been doing just got canceled and and i'm such a dingus i'm, I'm good at feeling my feelings and i try to stay embodied and I, and, but I am very positive too. I, I, that's my defense. As I yeah. go to the silver lining, I go to the next project, I go to this. And then later in the afternoon, I was like, kind of feels like, why am I sad. feeling bad right now? Yeah, yeah. Why am I feeling bad right now? And she comes in like you and she goes, Pete, you wouldn't shut up about what a dream that job was. And it just went away. Like, like mourn it. Like, it, like mourning doesn't have to be such a dirty word or, like what we did at the beginning of this podcast when I said, look, our jobs are privileges, but your shit is your shit. And if you want to tell me about how hard it is, that's okay. And if somebody on, on the set is having a breakdown, it's not helpful for you to be like, it's just sketch comedy. Like, what good is that? Right, right. That's like, that's too literal. Like, it doesn't <sighs> help me when someone goes like, you can't win them all, which is what my dad said. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, yeah, no, I know, but uh, my body doesn't know that. You know what I mean? My right. body is just processing uh, a little grief, and that's and that's okay. And that's how you get rid of it, you know. That, you otherwise, like it goes in and becomes a mushroom at best, and a disease at worst. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I think yep. Bodies grow mushrooms. Uh, that's where they come from, right? Yeah. No. No, I got some. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to 
Well, because- I also, I just want to, in that spirit, I just yeah. said, I'm sorry about your show. Oh, thank you very much, Sess. I appreciate yeah. And I'm obviously, I think all the one rosy things too. And of course you'll be great. And I'm sorry you're going through that today. That's re- I think that's really kind. And I think that's might be part of why people in our culture don't want to share in the sadness because I think unconsciously or maybe consciously, they think if I mope with him or say, sorry, the subtitles on say, this probably is the last time you'll ever work, you know? So you want to just be <laughs> chipper, but right. I think what you and I are saying is like, I can believe in you and allow your feeling. Absolutely. Like, yes. Yeah. And again, you're a positive person. I, you know, I'd like to think I am on my good days and it's similar where it's like, yeah, I'm always, there'll there'll be something else. No one is going to end our career or define our career for us. And there'll be, it'll open up space for you to think of something else you love. Well, I want to grieve it that day. Let me put this to you then, because Val and I have been talking about it constantly. I go, there's an energy that you can't get any other way mm-hmm. except from no. I the last time I got a no, I wrote a pilot in two days. Wow. That you I and then I go around thinking I can write a pilot in two days. And by the way, we sold it. It was a good pilot. It like came out. One of the tricks to writing real fast is you just use names of people you know. <laughs> like it, you don't don't waste the time going, damn. Uh-huh. bananas, Dr. Dan bananas. Dr. Dan like, don't bananas. do that. Just put in all the names from high school and college and just go, 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 go. That was yeah. one of the ways I did it. Anyway, not that you asked, but like, then I realized, no, not, not usually you can write a script in two days. If you have like Lauren in the live TV, you have these knives getting a little too close to your neck. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is bored when there's a gun pointed at them and not that (laughs) there's a gun pointed at me. I'm just saying when there's urgency and that's what live TV is. And that's what a no is. I've been like thriving with all this stuff. And I I kid myself. I say, I don't need suffering. I don't need disappointment. Uh, It turns out actually you kind of do like, right. It's like when uh, I don't know if you watch winning time. Did you watch winning time? What is that? You don't have time to watch Winning Time. It, it's it's the uh, John C. Riley second mention in oh oh oh, oh yeah HBO. Yes, yes. I know what it is. Yeah. Did you watch um, the Michael Jordan docu series by? Oh, I sure did. Yeah, a couple of times. Chicago so Girl, much. of course. Oh, well, remember yeah. he would get himself mad. That mm-hmm. was his way of manufacturing the power of no. Like mm-hmm. someone thinks you're not. And I'll I'll go so far as I have Brian Cox from Succession in my mind going like, oh, your show got canceled. Man, <laughs> fuck the fuck up and get right and open final draft. And like I, I get all juiced and jazzed. And that's that's something I can't fake. It's 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 a, yeah. a good thing that you only. I, and by the way, this sounds like I'm just sugarcoating it. And it's a bummer. It can be both. It can be both. Yes, absolutely. I, um, I, and it, it should. Yes. You care about it. If you that, well, like, it's also yeah. If you didn't, it would be bad if you didn't care about it. Then it's it's wasted on you. Someone else like, should have it then. That's right. You're fucking a right. That's absolutely right. Speaking of, is there gonna be a schmigatoon? See, I mean, I oh, hope so. But lip sealed. I, I truly am like, you know how it is 
I don't believe anything's real until it's like it's been released. It's out. Oh, it's been out for what, 30 days. They haven't this, exploded it. This is what so. we call the Eric Stoltz Back to the Future contingency. Have you heard that story? No. Well, welcome to a new reason to believe what you believe. <laughs> Back to the Future was Eric Stoltz. They shot for six weeks oh and then God. it wasn't working. So it's not, you You can't sink your teeth into anything in, no. show, in show business until it's the whole seasons, the whole movie, whatever, it's already been done. Like, and, and that's another way to manufacture the no is, is never to coast, is to go like, they could tap you on the shoulder and you look and it's Michael J. Fox. You know, like, and and my way, mother will be the one that's like, whatever happened with that? Oh, that's too bad. And you're like, mom, yes. I don't need you to say it. If you think anyone wasn't feeling it, Seth, I don't know what world you're in. Can I just lady. tell you that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to tell my parents what I'm up to. Sometimes I experiment and they say, what are you up to? And I'm like, okay, I'll just tell them. And then for the rest of my life, Whatever they'll go, happened with that? And, and every time they say it, you know, it's like a nine hour story that, that uh-huh. plays in one second in your brain. And now you're a little bit angry and nervous or, or whatever you might feel. And you're like, this is why, <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things like right. conversations. <laughs> right. Like you think I wouldn't have told you, oh yeah. You know what I did? I went to Japan and I shot that movie. I forgot to tell you. Like, I, I didn't yeah. tell you there's a reason. Yeah. At some point. I it I went away about how hard social cues are, but it's like, read the room, read the room, mom. I would and have especially said in this business. Yeah. yeah. My job is to not get jobs that, and, that, and that's move right. on. They, the but jobs that you get, her job keep... is to Google me and ask about it. <laughs> remind me that I was like, I was feeling okay. My mom just reminded me of a failure. Wasn't that supposed to be you in lost in translation? Well, why say that? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was yeah. a fake example. Could we just for your like it? it? But yeah, <laughs> very penny strong. Oh, I think I'm being helpful. I don't know. It's just because I care. That's every heckler at every comedy show, by the way. Um, well, oh, really? I don't do. I don't have. I don't do comedy shows, so I. You I truly sure, don't know. You sure do, but I, I would imagine that nobody goes to uh, looking for intelligent life and goes like, "I'm going to give this lady a piece of my mind." <laughs> like, <they're, laughs> I would but, kick the bat. Yeah. Yeah, of course. In a full Lily Tomlin impression. Well, I hope there's a smig, uh, smigatoon, and I hope you call it smigatoon. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take the suggestion along with shortening the title or lengthening. <laughs> yeah, adding the word to to smigatoon. I don't think mm-hmm. it works, but <laughs> I think you should stick to it. Uh, I, I want it so badly. I've spent I'm going to call it that for sure from now oh, on. I actually I, I do. Knowing, I like it. Knowing the little, I, I the, just this conversation, I actually believe you might because you've <laughs> yeah. been such a great listener and great yes ander. Um, well, let me get you out of here. But we always talk about <laughs> just in ten minutes the meaning of life. But don't don't even get overwhelmed. Um, I'm just curious if you have any let's let's call them what they are any framework, any story, any symbol, any tradition. Uh, including atheism, that that's also a story that you, I, I'm not saying story, not true. I'm just saying that's a container that we put our beliefs in mm-hmm. and that, that feels right. Do you have any, this is my favorite part of the show. I always remind the guest and myself that we are aware. We're like aware. Uh, we are alive. Um, we are on a rock in outer space. 
Um, there, uh, something big appeared to have exploded uh, billions <laughs> of years ago. We can measure the radiation, but like what we don't have to figure it out, but like, what is going on? Like, what is, what is the story of this? If you have any stab at it. I, I definitely don't have a stab at, at a why. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy scientist stabs at how, and um, mm-hmm. I understand everybody's, I understand that we have a need to understand why, because I think there's a lot of suffering. And the only way for me to understand it, that is to understand how to alleviate it. And it's like the balance that exists. The reason we're still here and we haven't been killed off as, as a species is because of like what I think of as like my army. And it's sort of my, the way I fight for my army is like, I entertain my side and we keep, Mm -hmm. we lift each other up and we lean on each other. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all I've got. I, that's not all you've got. That was beautiful. There's actually quite, quite a lot of worldview in there. One, you're not concerned with the why. Uh, People have heard me say this a million times. It's very Buddhist. Somebody said to Buddha, what's going on? What is the meaning of all this? And Buddha said, you're like a person with an arrow in his leg and you're saying who shot the arrow. <laughs> and he's like, just get the arrow out of your leg, meaning just end suffering. And yes. that is, that is the Buddhist approach. Of course, they don't just mean feed people. They do, but they also mean like figure out who you really are, become realized or whatever, whatever you want to call that. But it's not about going, why was there an arrow in the first place? You've been hit with an arrow. You yeah. and I Cecily woke up in reality. So figure out how to make, uh, Rupert Spire also says this is God's dream and it's our job to make it the nicest dream we can, which is kindness, compassion. Also, the other thing you and, said, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, I want to say, I do enjoy though. I, I love magical realism too. And I do, I find it very helpful in myself going through this grieving my cousin who I lost. that was like finding mm. these little things that felt like this is a story or like these bits of magic are helping me to understand this. And those felt like little gifts. And so I guess what I mean is like, I can't answer for the why of all of it, but I hope that there are, we get enough little answers, but they're really, it just, whatever makes you, helps you go through it and gives you little bits of magic. Is that what magic, I've never heard that on the show is that magical realism is, is the belief that unharmful magical beliefs can be helpful is that is that no i mean i think that's what it has been for me sort of but it was mm. uh like i read 100 years of solitude a bunch in high school and always loved and it was sort of you know it's easier to tell stories if we remember people it's like in that day she just floated up like she just went up mm. then she floated away as opposed to like you don't need to hear the story of how she died or whatever may have happened or that girl was taken that it's just sort of like, that's the way you tell stories. That's how certain families pass down. And I even think I'm not necessarily religious, but I love that part of people's religion. And, uh, and yeah. some of my Jewish friends going to Seder's and being like, I love that you just, you're passing down stories. That, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I understand anything. I need science to be presented to me in a story form. And then it makes sense. And that, boy, I, I just love that so much. And, and I think we run into problems when things that are told in a Semitic style, which includes the new Testament, by the way, um, you know, we've got Jewish people writing it. 
that is not literal. When we start looking at a, a text like the Bible as a, as a textbook or a science, that's you either get people not believing in God, I would say for sort of the wrong reasons. I would say mm-hmm. like missing the point, totally valid to not believe in God. I'm just saying you're not believing in God because of the old, you think a snake talk. I, I'm like, no, no. Right. A lot, and a lot of people don't think a snake literally talked to two naked people in the same way that you're saying sometimes it's a it's better to use a metaphor or a symbol to talk the, about the way somebody left your life, not just emotionally and, and to be compassionate to yourself, but sometimes something that's not true is more true than just literal truth. Absolutely. You and can that's confront it easier. You can digest yeah. it. You can engage with it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just a fact. If I, I, yep. I say it's totally 73 degrees today, there's only so much you can do. But if I say today feels like a painting, you can step inside and, and the, and the paint's going to get over your body and turn you the different colors. Like that, that that's a feeling. That's how human beings are. I, I unfortunately got too fundamentalist and started believing all that stuff. Now it seems like a non-issue, but like, when you say like, all energy in in the universe is recycled and there was a man who embodied that and we call that death and resurrection that's great when it starts getting like let's find the shroud of turin and see if we can clone jesus i'm like you're really missing you're missing the point (laughs) and what a bummer for all of us what a bummer because even if you do clone him what then of you where is your transformation because you think he's going to say something to you. You're trying to avoid the inner work of when I say conversion, I don't mean conversion to a religion. I mean, converting the the fundamental way you interact with reality. Is it with awe and openness and curiosity and engagement, or is it tight and hard and broken and shattered and, and, and fear-based, you know, and stories can get you open way faster than facts can get you open. Totally. And, and it's again, and then, and it's not overwhelming mentally, spiritually, you know, it's a thing you can start to understand and it's accessible. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. Need it. You also said something, your army. I thought that was beautiful. And somebody mentioned on the show, uh, I think it was on the show. They were talking about, no, it was in real life. I'm remembering, but they were saying this is real life too, but you know, what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is also real life. Um, but they were saying that art is actually one of the reasons I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. People don't kill themselves. Um, it, it adds meaning. I think I said that. Yeah. You said that so many times. Today was yeah. pass, you know, passing by that structure yeah. to go do the play to, to so re- that we yeah. weren't, people weren't killing themselves. We're doing and that, this. And, and that's the extreme. That's a way to say it. That's sort of like, catchy or, or, you know, shocking, (laughs) but, but it also just imbues life with everyday meaning, even though it seems so silly that I wanted to watch Smigadoon with Val, that is just to the, the soft animal of me knowing I will watch that tonight and I will enjoy it. And this other thing, I, I, I think all the time, this podcast, watching that show for you, making that show, uh, I would say the entire universe is just an excuse to hang out. It's mm-hmm. all, we just want to make a reason to be together, whether it's summer camp or high school or a play or for USNL, or, or one of the reasons I was bummed about the show is it was this great excuse to be together. Yeah. That's really the first thing I was mourning was like, oh, we all, when 300 
I keep saying human animals, but when 300 people are pointed in the same direction, like you're on the set, all the writers, all the producers, all the guests, everybody, even the audience, you're all pointed in the same direction. I think that's sort of the meaning of life is like to find reasons to be together, then be together because we can elevate ourselves to higher levels of openness and love and, mm-hmm. and togetherness than we can by ourselves. And if you think that God used to be the one thing and then it split into all these billions of things, then that actually makes sense. Again, metaphorically speaking, that it would want to split so it could reconnect and then forget and then reconnect and then forget. And that sine wave, that fluctuation is the pulse that we feel even in our bodies, but in every yeah. living thing. That's beautiful. <laughs> yes. The mics aren't on. Uh, this I won't like- be this this won't be released. <laughs> it's truly beautiful. I think that's a nice thing to envision and and share. And it and I, I'm taking a cue from you. We just took our literal hats off and and look at how I feel a little bit more at home just having this conversation with you. I def I absolutely feel feel nicer now than I did two hours ago. <laughs> I love that. Well, there's one last question. We're right on the dot for time. I, I, I just because you are tired and working so hard, we're just going to keep it to the 90, but like, um, can you, because we talk about a serious thing, can you tell me about a time in your life when you laughed so hard, you were crying and your belly hurt, just it doesn't have to be a great story, but maybe you were a kid, maybe somebody fell down or farted. Um, it's usually stuff like that. Uh, I mean, none of Yeah. I feel like what's wild is all the times I've laughed the hardest are never good stories. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, one of the, t- like what just jumped in my head right now, there's so many things that I've cried, laughed at. The one I just thought of was I had to, this is like a mean, it's not mean, but I was, I had to watch auditions for something <laughs> in my high school. And it was just like watching people, who <laughs> can't sing, but you have to it like sitting very close to them and you have to look them in the eye and just having to go like and knowing the people next to you also have to nod and yes, yes. <laughs> it's just, it's like laughing in church, right? Yeah, don't look those things like when you... am I not supposed to laugh and someone is so sincerely singing poorly at me. and don't you dare look to your left or right because it'll break the facade. Like you'll have to laugh. Right. Right. And I, and I normally do. And then I go like, well, you don't do that. You know, did you you scrape your foot or something? (laughs) That (laughs) is brilliant. Look, I'm doing it. What you did just there, reminding me that when you're laughing and you're not supposed to, you often start trying to draw attention <laughs> oh, to wait. someone else. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, 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 you said you weren't going to have lunch today. And what, 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 what's that? <laughs> you, you farted. You yeah. farted, I think. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because this idiot. And then it. the person singing poorly chooses to believe it because it's too much give it, like give it to them let, give let it us to them. all have it i'm gonna say that that is because you've just introduced a theory of what happens when you're church laughing is one of the best answers of all time and i really appreciate it and oh. it reminds me of when val and i went and saw swan lake and we made i think we got stoned and we were like in the first row i think we thought that was a good idea and they're <laughs> they wear cups to hide their bulges and if you notice that <laughs> 
<laughs> like, forget it. You can't enjoy. You're not going to watch the show. No. And uh, we left it intermission because it was too much. Um, <laughs> Cecily, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate thank you taking you. the time. This was truly delightful. I'm really glad. Uh, I'm such a fan. And I hope if it's not Schmigatoon, I can't wait to see what you do next. And, uh, and well, likewise, you. thank you very Good much. Good luck to you with your two day pilot. Yeah, well. I couldn't write today. I thought I had another two day or in me, but uh, we had to go to a birthday party. It was fine. All right, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Exactly. Um, we have the guests say the sign off. It doesn't really mean anything. Uh, I promise it's not a trick. We just have the guests <laughs> say, keep it crispy. It's just so you can have the fun of saying, Hey, keep it crispy. So if you would uh, bless us with a keep it crispy, uh, we'll go. Hey gang, keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it, it delights me every single time. It's it's the it's the yes of it. It's that you did it. I'm tickled yeah. that, that everyone does it. Um, thank you very much. I hope to thank meet you, you in real life one day. Yes, this, uh, this that'd was be a, great. This was a pleasure. Lovely, lovely okay. meeting you.